I really appreciate it. It's an honor. And we're in the second services, uh, the second service today. So I get to repeat some of the things I've said, but praise God. I pray God will speak to us as hearers as well. Let's just uh, open up in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for your truth. Lord, in your word that's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We come believing, we come expecting in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people say amen. amen. And when we come to church, um, we want to continue, like Pastor Blake um, mentioned last month, every Sunday of the month, we're going to believe in God, we're going to be believing God for healing and for miracles. And we're in a place here where we can believe God for healing and miracles. There's, there's a lot of room here up front. So at the end of the service, whatever your need is, you can come believe in God. To meet your need, to meet you where you're at. He's the God of the now. A lot of times we could talk about how, how he, he's helped us in the past or what he's done in his word in the past or what he's going to do in the future, but we got to remember he's the God of the present. Right now. Amen. Praise God. He moves today. And we don't have to always wait. We could come now, believe in God for today. Praise God. In the word of God, you know, Jesus, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible for those who believe. And that's just not a cliche here. I know we say it a lot here in our fellowship and other churches, but it's true. All things are possible. And God, when he, when he comes and he meets people's needs, a lot of times we could think as humans, you know, we got to earn. We got to merit, you know, God's grace. We got to merit a healing. But when we see in the Gospels, Jesus, he healed all kinds of people in all kinds of positions. People that, that had great positions and people that were no names, they were poor, they didn't have anything. He healed all kinds of people. He touched all kinds of people in all different circumstances because God is no respecter of persons today. He touches people where they're at. He doesn't even respond to, to just need by itself where there's a need. He doesn't just respond to that. He responds to faith this morning. And you could come believing with faith. And when it comes to faith, what's the opposite of faith today? Or somebody say fear, somebody say unbelief. And Jesus, he would deal this problem in the, in the Gospels. He would speak to people in their most difficult time. And, you know, people that are facing, uh, you know, a death sentence or, or, or terminal Ill, illness or, or some kind of impossibility, some kind of mountain they couldn't get through. And he would say this phrase many times. He'd say, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. You know, we all deal with fear in different ways. There are, there are different kinds of fear people can have. And, you know, psychologists say we were all born with only two fears. Only two fears. One is the fear of falling. Thank God for that. And the other is fear of loud noises. We're all born with those two fears. And all the other fears that we, that we learn are learned through life. I think of my son, you know, he... When we first took him to the ocean, he was just barely walking. He would be running towards the ocean. And you're like, no, we don't want you to do that. <laughs> so as, as he started growing a little bit, we went back to, to the ocean. When, and now he's afraid to, to even get near the, the, the water because he knows, you know, it's, there's danger there. And there's certain fears we learn through life. You know, we should learn some things that there's dangers and take precautions. That's only natural. Over time, we learn you know, about certain dangers, and we develop certain fears, and many fears we should probably unlearn today. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I had some weird fears. I, had, um, you know, I was afraid to go through a car wash because <laughs> I was afraid those machines are going to like 
break and you know, break through the windows and it was going to come right at me. And I just had certain fears that were kind of strange. <laughs> then somebody said Colorado Springs was a, a place where, uh, you know, it was a nuclear missile target, you know, or <laughs> because the government, you know, because the satellites there. And I was always afraid. I had this anxiety about, you know, us getting hit with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> so I developed these certain fears. I'd be afraid. And, and you know, some things seem reasonable, like jumping out of a plane or you know, bungee jumping. You know, we should probably, you know, use a little precaution in life. <laughs> I don't want to be on the news for that. I don't want to be remembered. You know, Kirk, he's the one that, yeah, jumped off a cliff and he, <laughs> the bungee cord didn't work. <laughs> or the parachute didn't open. <laughs> You know, the fear of standing in front of people is another fear. I think most of us can relate today. <laughs> most preachers, God calls preachers to preach. You know, most of them, like me, most of us, <laughs> don't feel like this is natural. We need God to do the supernatural. He needs to help us. Then we have fears like falling short. That are this, this, the fear of the word that sounds like a cuss word. Failure. And we all have to deal with failure. You know what the... Failure ratio, ratio is for the human race, 100%. <laughs> There's not one person that has not failed. And it reminds me of a story I read about a guy. He wanted to learn English. He didn't speak any English. He was here in the U.S. And, and he wanted to learn English, but he was terrified to speak English. He was terrified to step out. Because, you know, when you speak a language, if you learn a different language, whether it's English or Spanish, you're going to have to make some mistakes. <laughs> But he was terrified to, to fail at it. So he, you know, he, but he wanted to eat. So he learned. You know, he got he um he got together with a, te uh, a teacher, an English teacher, and she taught him to say just four words: hamburgers, French fries, and Coke. So every day he would go to the restaurant. He he asked for those those three things: four words: hamburgers, French fries, Coke. Every day he would go. He would order. He got it down to art. He spoke it perfectly. And, but he got sick of eating the same thing every day. <laughs> so he said, you know, I need to learn a few more words, you know. So he's, the English teacher taught him to say eggs, toast, and juice. <laughs> eggs, toast, and juice. And he started saying it perfectly. And then he went to the restaurant to order eggs, toast, and juice. But then the waitress started to ask him some questions. He said, how do you want your eggs? <laughs> you want scrambled Sunny side up, over easy. <laughs> and how do you want your toast? Do you want it wheat or white or sourdough? Do you want jelly with your toast? Or how do you want your juice? Do you want it, uh, you want orange juice or do you want apple juice? Or what do you, and he just had a puzzled look on his face. He was silent for a while. And then he just started to go back to the same thing he learned before. Hamburgers, french fries, Coke. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you ever felt like that? You, when, you, when it comes to stepping out or learning something new, you know, it's easier to just do the same thing you've always done. But that's how it is with faith many times. That's how it is with fear. You know, there's certain fears that are, that are healthy, like the fear of the Lord. That's a healthy fear that we should all learn. In school, our kids should be taught the fear of the Lord 101. I think the crime rate would go, go down quite a bit. In Proverbs 1, 7, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9.10. I remember being raised in church. You know, I was raised in church. I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. But thank God for parents that put up with me, and they drugged me to church. God got a hold of my life. He transformed my life. 
He put a fire in my heart. And that's why I'm here today, because God is good this morning. And, but I had a certain fear of God, because I know I wasn't doing right. I know I wasn't living right, you know, and, and I know God, he could strike me dead any moment. So I was afraid of lightning. That's another fear. <laughs> and I heard about the rapture. I saw those movies about the rapture, the big three. And I see how Jesus is coming back and you're going to be left behind. You're going to have to get the mark of the beast. And I'd be afraid of the rapture. <laughs> but praise God for the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. He's a big God. He's the same God that created us. He can take us out as well. Eric Little, he was a uh, runner who competed in the 1924 World Olympics in Paris, and he had a, a fear of God. He had certain convictions, just like Pastor Blake preached last week about boundaries. We should have certain convictions and certain boundaries and, and certain things that we uh, decide in our mind that we're not going to change. We believe it. It's in God's word. Settled. Praise God. And this particular runner, you know, he had a fear of God. You know, if he, if he missed a prayer meeting, his sister would come to him and say, what's wrong with you? You missed a prayer meeting. Had a pretty high standard. And he decided, you know, I'm not going to run on Sundays because Sundays is the Lord's Day. And some people have to work on Sundays. We know that. I'm not preaching that. But, but you know, he, he had this certain conviction. You know, Sunday's the, the Lord's Day. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to compete in the 100-meter race, which he was the, he was the best for which he should have competed in, but because of the workouts and the tryouts and, you know, the practice was supposed to be scheduled on Sunday, he said, you know, I'm not going to give up the Lord's Day. I have this conviction. I have this boundary. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to change it. So he had to compete for the 400-meter race, which he had a disadvantage at. And the story about him, there's actually a movie called Chariots of Fire, and I'll get there in just a moment with what I mean by the, the, the title of this message, Chariots of fire. And the scripture came up, you know, he won that 400 meter race. And the scripture came up that God honors those that honor him. And we have the fear of the Lord. He, and he would run and he would say, I felt the favor of God. I felt God's pleasure when I ran. And he would say that. And it's just a testimony to somebody that puts God first and, and fears God. And we're talking about a reverential fear of God. Praise God. In Proverbs 24, 21, it says, My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given the change. You know, if you fear God, you respect authority. If you fear God, you'll respect people that are in certain positions, like law enforcement. The problem today in our generation, there's too many people that have no fear of God, and they don't have any respect for leadership. They don't have any respect for the law. How many are with me this morning? So the fear of the Lord is a healthy fear. And then there's other fears that are not so healthy, and they could be excessive. Uh, one is called worry. How many worry warts do we have in this place this morning? Let's be honest. I worry sometimes. I'm thinking about work. It's, it's Friday night. I'm already thinking about Monday morning at work. But Jesus, he, ta he talked a lot about worry, which is kind of a low-grade fear. He talked about the uh, daily struggles people have. He said, quit worrying about what you're going to eat. Quit, quit worrying about what you're going to wear. Quit worrying about this or worrying about tomorrow. Quit worrying. An average person, there's a study that says the average person's anxiety is focused on 40% things that will never happen, 30% about things, things about the past that can't be changed, 12% things about criticism by others, mostly untrue, 10% about health, which, which gets worse with stress and worry, 
and only 8% about real problems that will be faced. Worry is, in, is interest. Somebody said, worry is interest paid on trouble before it comes due. So we deal with worry here. And then there's other fears, like there's spiritual fear. And there is a, a demonic fear. And the Bible says in Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we do not wrestle against fresh, flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, some churches, they just use the, the first few words, and that's it, that scripture. They say, for we do not wrestle, and that's it. They just cut out the rest. For we do not wrestle. There's no wrestle. There's no fight. But how many know today we're in a fight? We're in a fight. Even though it's a fixed fight, we're called to, to, to be in the battle. We're called to do war, spiritual warfare this morning. We're not supposed to just pretend like the devil doesn't exist. We have to understand who our enemy is. Uh, there's a secular movie, and they said this quote uh, a while ago. I always wonder, where did this quote come from? And it's from a secular movie. It says, the devil's, the, or the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Wow. That came from a secular movie. But it's true. Many churches, they never talk about the devil. Well, we don't want to give glory to the devil. No, we're not giving glory to the devil. But we're, we're exposing him for who he is today. And there's demonic spirits, there's demon spirits that torment people's minds, that rob them of, of joy, that rob them of peace. And, and, and there's demon spirits of anxiety and fear that vex people, that keep people from God's blessing and keep them from, from stepping out in faith and believing God. Those are not from God. What's going to happen to my family? The question, you know, the, what's going to happen to my health? You know, you get a, a doctor's report. And you think the worst is going to happen. Or what, what is my future all? You think about what, all these things, these what ifs that come to mind. Or, you know, am I not going to have enough? You start thinking about your finances. Am I, am I going to be able to pay my bills? You know, the pastor is talking about tithing and putting God first. But, you know, if I start tithing, can I really, can I really make ends meet and, and be able to tithe? And what if I, I just can't pay my rent or I can't pay my mortgage and I'm out? Out of a job, you know, what's all these what ifs? And it's a spirit of fear. And then there's uh, the, the fear of, of death, of, of dying in a tragic, horrible death. You, you've ever been there before. And it's a spirit of fear. And I want to say God is not giving you that spirit. That does not come from God. Those thoughts do not come from God. The Bible says God has not given us a, a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God deals a lot with fear in his word, with his people. When he calls different people like Joshua, I was thinking about Joshua when I was preparing this message. Joshua is going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. You know, 40 years before Joshua and Caleb came on the scene, 40 years before, before they were the ones that lead the people in the promised land, they saw those giants, and they're afraid of those giants. 40 years later, the same giants are still there. The same giants that we don't want to face today, that we want to leave for tomorrow, are going to be there tomorrow. But the word of God, you know, came to Joshua and he said, don't, he kept saying, be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid. So when God's calling anybody to anything, that's the word from the Lord. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Praise God this morning. Let's read from uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Praise God. 
in verse 8. I'll start there. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the men of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass that, this place. For the Syrians are coming down there. Verse 10 of 2 Kings chapter 6. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the, to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Verse 11, therefore the heart of the king of Assyria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, will you not show, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So basically what's happening here is, Somebody, he's saying, like, who's giving the king of Israel our secrets? And we see verse 12, we see the answer to that. And one of his servants said, none, my Lord, none of us are, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. How do you like that? The man of God, the pastor to know things you're saying at home. He knows everything you're saying. <laughs> He knows the enemy's secrets. Verse 13, so he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant and the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? Verse 16, so he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened it, the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mount was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people, I pray, with blindness, and he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Here we see in this scripture, we see, you know, Elisha's servant, he sees this army that came to go get Elisha, a whole army, not just, not just a few people. You know, this one person over here that's causing all these problems, he sends this whole massive army, army and Elisha's ser servant, all he could see is this huge army against them. Their enemies surrounded them, and all he could see was utter defeat. He could just see, you know, we're going to be defeated. This is the end. This is, there's no victory in sight. There's no hope for us. But, you know, there's a phrase that they use in sports called, our, it's called momentum. Our, when there's a switch in the momentum and one team is down and one team's getting beat really bad and, you know, the superior team is just, you know, dominating in a game. And all of a sudden, the team that's losing, somebody catches fire and they start, you know, whatever kind of sport it is, making baskets or scoring points. And, and all of a sudden, you know, something starts changing and there's a game changer there. And, and the momentum changes. And all of a sudden, the other team that's losing catches up and they wind up winning the game. I love those kind of games, especially when it's my team. And something like that happened in this, in this verse, in verse 17. The Bible says, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mount was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. All of a sudden, Elisha's, Elisha's servant sees a completely different picture than before. A mount was full of horses and chariots, and, and, and just a realization, you know, God, he's on our side now. 
God, he's on our side. Maybe he remembered the story about Elisha's mentor, Elijah, where God, you know, he answered by fire with the false prophets of Baal. Or maybe when Elijah, he didn't have to die, God just brought a chariot of fire and took him up. I'd like to go, go out that way and not have to die. Amen. Maybe the rapture will happen. But maybe he remembered that, and all of a sudden his confidence changes. All of a sudden he has a, a new confidence that God is who he says he is. And he's coming through for us, and he's on our side. And having faith this morning does not mean there's an absence of fear. It means we have a confidence in who is on our side, and we can face any fear. We can face any problem. We can face any mountain and charge that fear with our faith in God and Jesus. In Romans 8, 31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Psalms 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear is conquered by faith this morning. Fear is conquered by faith. Praise God. We serve a good God this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it all, first, first of all, it all started when Elisha prayed. In verse 17, the Bible says Elisha prayed. You know, things that we're facing, mountains, problems that we can't change on our own. You know, Jesus, he dealt with this a lot of times in the Gospels. He talked about people's mountains. And then he talked about a little mustard seed of faith. He says, if you have a little, if you have faith like a little mustard seed, something that you can't even see. You can see what's in my hand. Nothing's in my hand. But if I had, if I had a mustard seed in my hand, you would not even be able to see it because it's so small. But he said, if, if you believe, you can say that mountain just a little bit of mustard seed faith, you could say that mountain be removed, be cast in the ocean. And in Jesus, he relates that to prayer. And I remember years ago, I shared it in the first service. I'm going to share it again to give God glory. Years ago, my wife and I, uh, we had been married about seven years. Before that, you know, my wife had a miscarriage. We had some setbacks. And, you know, so we went to the doctors. And the doctors, they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't diagnosis with anything. They didn't say there's any problem, but they didn't have any answers. And they said, well, you know, we're going to run all these tests. They ran a few tests on us. And, but they said, we're going to do all these extra tests. And it's going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And there's just a slight chance she might get pregnant. Just a very slight chance. And at that moment, you know, I was fine. We could do the test. That's fine. <laughs> but my wife, you know, she, she rose up with faith. She said, God is who he says he is. His word is true. And she started praying. And just a couple months after that, I know some of you already know the end result because you see him running around here. Just a couple months after that, you know, we know people were praying for us. People were with us. And all of a sudden, you know, she starts not feeling so well. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she just can't, you know, and she's pregnant. And praise God, God has blessed us with a son. Because God, he's a God that answers prayer. And he moves mountains. And he changes things that seem impossible in man. That are impossible, man. It's, it's a fact. But prayer is, is what moves the hand that moves the world. Someone said courage is faith that has said its prayers. Doesn't mean we don't have any fear, but we know we move forward with our faith when we pray. And secondly, we see Elisha. He has the ability to hear what others couldn't hear. Like I said, in verse 12, he talks about Elisha, the prophet who tells Israel, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. He knows what's going on. He has, a, he has this thing between him and God, and he can hear certain things that nobody else can hear. 
that no one else could hear. And this is the faith, you know, faith, we have the ability to tune out all the bad news. You know, we turn on the, on the TV, especially here in the Metroplex. <laughs> you know, we hear a lot of bad news. I don't know about you, but I come from a smaller town. You hear a lot of bad things that are happening. But then, you know, people of faith, we were able to turn out that, tune out that bad news and tune in to the supernatural, what God is saying. You know, when the word of God is preached, it's a powerful force when it's received. It's a powerful force that brings light to darkness, brings clarity, brings direction to where, you know, where there's confusion. In Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith then comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How many thank God for his word this morning? Faith is the ability to have the ability to hear what you don't see. You have the ability to look at a situation, but you hear something else. Say, so this is not what God has planned. There's a story about a, a, a certain football game, and I'll just read it. It was a balmy October, October afternoon in 1982. Badger Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin was packed out. That day, there were more than 60,000 diehard University of Wisconsin football fans watching their team take on the Michigan State Spartans. It didn't take long to determine who the better team was, Michigan State was mopping up the field with the Badgers. But what seemed odd was that even as the score became increasingly lopsided against their team, there were bursts of applause and shouts of joy with, from the Wisconsin fans. So basically, they're watching their teams get beat really bad, and they're cheering. <laughs> How could they cheer when, when their team was getting trounced so decisively? It turns out that 70 miles away, the, the Milwaukee Brewers were beating the St. Louis Cardinals in game three of the 1982 World Series. Meaning the fans, they were watching one thing, but they're listening with their headset, their radios. They're listening to something else. They're watching their team get, you know, get pounded and get defeated and dominated. It's a complete shutout, but they were cheering for something, another game that was in another place in a different sport. <laughs> Praise God, we're, we're cheering for, for something that people can't see today. We're hearing what others can't hear, and that's the ability to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. And all, Elisha, he can also see what others couldn't see. This is the ability to, to see the invisible, to look at a situation and see what God wants you to see, to see with faith. You know, people see hopelessness. People see, you know, death. They see sickness. They see debt, uh, whatever the case is. But you, we have the word of God, which is good news this morning. And we could see beyond those things with vision that only God could give us this morning. Hallelujah. So Elisha, he, he said this prayer. And it wasn't just a prayer for the servant to see a, a different miracle, just another miracle. But it was a prayer that he would change he, the way he looked at things, and he would be, uh, you see a different dimension. And there's a dimension of faith this morning. You can see what others can't see. Kind of spooky, huh? <laughs> like the Field of Dreams, the movie, it comes to mind. You know, they, you've seen that movie maybe where the Field of Dreams, they, they see these baseball players of the past, and they build this stadium, and, they, and other people, they come from other places, and they just can't see it. But this group of people, they can see it, and all of a sudden other people can come. They, they become believers too. <laughs> but it's the ability to see what others can't see. And Elisha also spoke the right speech. I'm going to tell your neighbor, speak the right speech. <laughs> I mean, talk the right talk. Praise God. Verse 16, it says, do not fear for those who are with us 
are more, more than those who are with them. Do not fear. You know, it's interesting. I've been around different people over the years, and, and when, they hear, when we hear different news, it's interesting. You know, people kind of get upset at me because sometimes they say, you're just too optimistic. <laughs> you're, just, you're just too positive. And we, we get a, you know, we get word, you guys are going to get a bonus. They said, we're going to get the, just a little bit. You know, they're going to just cheat us. The boss is just going to cheat us. He's not going to give us what we need, what we deserve. And I'm like, no, keep your mind open. You know, I tell them that. Sometimes people get a little irritated by that. In the world, world they call this optimism versus pessimism. And as people of faith, we should, we should see the, the glass half full this morning. We should see hope in every situation. And one way to bring hope is when we praise God. It's a great way to change our speech when we're facing fear and unknown, you know, in our lives. Unknown things. In Isaiah 61.3, it talks about people that are going through anguish or fear. Or uh, it, in this particular case, it talks about a spirit of heaviness. And it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's something about praise. When we praise God, we're speaking the right speech. You can, we have, can have a lot, of, a lot of doubts, a lot of problems. You know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be negative. We shouldn't basically tell the devil he's winning. We should never tell the devil he's winning. We should never uh, let the enemy know he's winning. But we should speak a praise phrase when we're talking about what we're, what's going on. You say, I know times are tough. I know we're going through this. But, you know, God, if he's for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. If God is on our side, if his word is true, why don't we take him at his word today? God is greater than every fear. He's bigger than every problem. He's bigger than every mountain. There's nothing impossible with God. Praise God. The musicians could come. Praise God. You know, God, with God, one person with God is a majority. One person one man, one woman with God is the majority. And how many times have I seen God move in my life, move through our circumstances, our situations, so many things, so many different times, you know, just because he's good. Not because I'm good, not because I earn it, not because we deserve it, because we, we, we serve an almighty God that's present today. And he wants to help each and every one of us today, wherever we're at, wherever we're facing. And praise speaks faith that changes the momentum. Praise is a game changer today. When you feel defeated, you just praise God. You put on that CD, that praise CD. I, I love Ron Cannoli. It's old. A lot of you probably don't even know who he is. But when you, when you start praising God, praise God. Hallelujah. Heaven comes down. Jesus is he's magnified, and the problems get smaller and smaller. Jesus is lifted up, you know, and all those, all those things that you worried about before, all those fears you faced before, all of a sudden they get smaller and smaller, and they just disappear. Basically, and you, you wonder, why did I worry about that? Why did I fear that? Praise God. If we ever want to get where God's called us to be, we have to be a people of faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It didn't say without works. It doesn't say without a good position. It doesn't say it says without faith. It's because God, he's looking for faith today. People just come and say, God, I believe you. I take you at your word. doesn't matter where you're at, what you're going through. You know, faith could be, it could be viewed as a risk. 
or a liability. You know, if I do this, you know, I could risk this. If I speak about Jesus at work, you know, I could risk my reputation. People would say, I'm a Jesus freak. You know, whatever the case is. If I pray for this person, maybe God won't kill them because, you know, I'm human and I, I can fail. But, you know, when you take God at his word, when you act upon his word and faith, he meets you with the supernatural. When Peter, he stepped out of that boat, he, Jesus said, come, and he started walking on the water. He started walking in the supernatural. I know he started sinking, but I always say he, he walked on water. I don't know if I, you've been able to do that. I haven't. <laughs> when we step out, I'm going to close with the story of a man who is ruled by fear. It's a poem. It says, there was a, a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked. He never tried. He never sang or prayed. And when one day he passed away, his life insurance was denied. For since he never really lived, they claimed he never died. I don't want to live like that. No, you don't either. Because God's promises are true. They're brighter every day. Praise God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes over this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, God. Thank you for your promises. They're yes and amen today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're in this place today. We're, we're here gathered. We worship the Lord. There's a great presence of God in this place to touch hearts, to meet needs, to do miracles, to help, help every person, every situation we're going through. And you're here this morning, you, you, all over this place, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you'd say, you know what? I, I want to be a partaker in that. I want to receive that this morning, the word that you're, that you're given, that you could step out and you could believe God for the impossible and see prayers answer, whatever it is. You know what it is. And God, he's speaking to you this morning. But you say, you know, there's things in my life that are keeping me back from the Lord. You know, God, he's on the giving hand today. He went to the cross. He sent his son to the cross to die for every sin. But you say today, you know, there's things that, you know, there's sin, there's things that are keeping me from the Lord. But, you know, you say, I realize that there's hope today, and I want to receive that hope, and I want to know where I'm going when I die, and I want to know where I'm going in this life. You can know both those things, where you're going at in this life and where you're going with you, where you, when you die. You don't have to fear death because you, you can know that God is on your side. He's with you, and he's for you, not against you. But the question is, are you saved? Are you born again this morning? If you're not this is your opportunity over this place. You'd say, you know, that's me. I want to know I'm saved. I want to know I'm born again. I don't want to leave this place without receiving that gift. And you say, that's me this morning with a lifted hand all over this place quickly right now. You say, I need Jesus. I want to be saved. God sees that hand. How many more? How many more in this place? You'd say, how many honest hearts? You say, I, I want to know I'm right with God. Maybe you walked with the Lord before, but today you're, you're away from him. You're backslid. There's things that have crept in. They've kept you They've held you back. But today you'd say, you know, I want to know I'm right with God. You don't want to receive that today. There's hope all over this place. Raise your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take much longer. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. If you raised your hand for salvation, my brother, raise your hand for salvation. I want you to come. Amen. And anyone else, you know, you want to come for that. You want to come. Everybody, this altar's open. You could come right now as we sing. And you could just take God as word. You could say, you know, I'm going to apply this word. You've been challenged today by the word of, word of God that you're not going to be dictated by fear. You're not going to let fear dictate your decisions. 
in your actions. And that's you. You just want to respond. We're going to we're sing a song. Praise God.